All right, folks, it is that time of the week. Once again, Inside IOST, we are the first and best source for all happenings, news, and what's going on inside the IOST ecosystem. We were in New York last week, so we might have missed you. We were there for Blockchain Week. We've got tales of our adventures in the big city. We're talking about new funding that's coming into the ecosystem. We've got this Blue Hill partnership. We've got Enterprise Singapore partnership, Hash Venture Labs, all kinds of awesome infrastructure that's moving into the ecosystem. On top of that, we're looking at a cool chain link partnership we're talking oracles a little bit hopefully our tech crowd and our devs are excited about that and then on top of that we're going to talk about uh, a bit of a, a hack a security risk that came up and kind of our advice for our users out there and how to be safe moving forward all of that and more is coming at you right now on inside iost The cast and guests of Inside IOST do not intend to convey investment or financial advice. Please do your own research before choosing to buy or sell any digital assets or cryptocurrencies. All right, insiders, we are finally back. We've had a little bit of a pause there. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. And uh, last week we were in New York City, so we're going to talk about that. We've got all kinds of other stuff to cover. Having that one-week break kind of gave us... uh, some time to accrue more news than usual. So we'll do our best here to kind of go over everything. Uh, I am in studio with Josh Bryant, my co-founder and partner at Inside IOST. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing great. Looking forward to another good show with the insiders. Yes, and uh, if you're looking for Pete K, he is uh, busy right now holding down eastern Pennsylvania out in the Philadelphia, uh, New York area. So, you know, we're, we're, we're wide. We're broadening our horizons here at Inside IOST. And uh, I'm sure he'll be back on soon enough. Uh, if you haven't seen the tutorials that we've done, um, and this will kind of be a great segue into kind of our first topic here. Uh, Pete did an awesome tutorial talking about how to um, basically use command line and generate your private and public key uh, and change your private and public key so that they're completely offline. No one will know what the, what the private key is. And then you actually be able to change your uh, owner and active key is what I meant. And, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with this, I highly advise you go back to our YouTube channel and watch that. It's an awesome security feature that uh, came over really. I'm not sure it came over from EOS, but it was an EOS thing that was kind of unique. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know that you can have a separate owner and active key on IOST. Um, But Pete did a deep dive on that on the video. So highly recommend that you check that out. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, just as we're doing housekeeping here, we started a new series. Uh, if you keep up with our YouTube, you already know about all this, and you're like, just shut up and get to the new stuff. But we got to keep the you know the outsiders. We got to bring them in to the inside, make them insiders. Um, new series we're doing. It's called Bridging the Gap. Basically, you know what we've seen with a lot of these blockchains, even you know Bitcoin. You see all the miners are in China. Um, EOS certainly has a lot of the top block producers are in China and there seems to be kind of like a, not a dichotomy, but almost like a, an information barrier there between East and West. Definitely. IOST, their founding team, they've got headquarters in Singapore. They've got headquarters in Shenzhen. We wanted to be kind of the first to, you know, reach across that line, uh, and communicate with these teams. So we did an interview with OnBlock, um, and the OnBlock is the first project out of Oasis, which is Jimmy's secret weapon. And, uh, you know, we want to continue to do that, just do interviews short, you know, it doesn't have to be super long, but just to be able to hear their voices or maybe see their faces and actually communicate with them. And what's the name of our series, Ash? It's called Bridging the Gap. So uh, that was one of our first kind of initiatives with Inside IOST. 
was, uh, you know, we've got the big bridge on our website, was to really bring uh, exposure of these Eastern projects, of these Eastern people over to the West and vice versa. So so we have more of those shows coming up, right? Yes, we'll have more of those planned. We're also doing a, a big presentation to ICAC, which is the, uh, the Pacific uh, node. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to that. And hopefully we'll be able to attract some more people. I don't want to give any names away yet for who we're going to interview because sometimes things get you know a little bit dodgy and you don't know who if they're going to show up or not. But uh, we're certainly going to continue that we got series. some good prospects in the pipeline. We have some good prospects in the pipeline. Let's just say that. And I thought OnBlock was a great one because you know we, we heard so much hype about it, but no one saw anything yet or like heard who they were yeah there's so many great nodes out there too like getting them on the channel you know doing these interviews will really help raise their exposure to the rest of the world yeah um so moving right along to some of the news that's happened since we were out last week or do you want to talk about new york a little bit I'll talk a little bit about it. Riff yeah. a little bit about yeah, the big city. I mean, good times. Yeah. Good times. The Inside IOST team was in New York City for Blockchain Week. Uh, went to some good events. Uh, ate some good food. We were in Times Square. Yeah. We were watching this show in Times Square, the street. I love street shows. You know, you go there and you can see them <laughs> doing their thing. And we lined up, and they were they jumped over this one person, and they were lining up like ten people. Yeah. But it was taking them forever it to get to the so actual long. event where the guy was going to jump over ten people. Yeah. That we were like, we're out of here. We, we're we missed like the grand finale, and also <laughs> let's go eat. Also, we were there with uh, a celebrity from the EOS community, Zach Gall. Yes. Of everything EOS fame, and he uh, he's really good at navigating EOS, <laughs> but he's not so not good so at much navigating New York, City. New York City. So we'd be like, dude, meet us out front of Nasdaq, like the <laughs> Times Square place to be like anyone that's ever heard of New York City knows the spot and he couldn't find us but we we enjoyed our time we had a an Airbnb that we you know our, our host was an interesting lady let's just <laughs> say that much we found some books on like ancient witchcraft and wizardry I thought I was gonna wake up and turn into a rat or something but thank god I'm still here <laughs> folks we're still here to bring you the info so so anyway let's talk about news um First of all, I, IOST Dice. This was a like a crazy scam yeah, that man. happened last week. Um, there was a Medium article that came out from IOST, from the foundation. Basically, what had happened was the guy submitted this DAP to uh, Token Pocket to a couple other places where they kind of coagulate all the DAPs to play. And he had... Um, at first, like a, a decent smart contract, there was no issue with it. There was no malicious intent. Uh, and I guess that's kind of what got passed through. Uh, however, he changed the smart contract for when people were whitelisting auto bets. So what happens with these dicing games, and we've gone over this a few times, and if you're familiar with dicing games, then you know this already, is people aren't playing the dicing game to win a bunch of money. What they're doing is they're trying to mine the native token. So you set that thing all the way up to, you know, roll under 96. Super high probability that you're going to right, win. Right, mm-hmm. and then you you cash out those native tokens. So you might be, you know, losing a little bit here, maybe gaining a little bit, but it's nothing substantial as far as what you're winning or losing. The substantial thing is those native tokens that you're right. mining, essentially. Right. And what happened with this is a lot of people will set auto bet for that. In this circumstance, when you set auto bet, you don't actually get a notification from iWallet or whichever wallet you're using to sign off on each individual transaction, which typically will show you, hey, 
do you want to send, you know, a hundred IOST to this contract or a thousand? So that's gone. That's out of the picture. What happened was all of a sudden this, this contract started taking more and more or took larger amounts than the people had anticipated. And, um, I heard last night from the IOST foundation, this, uh, this hack didn't affect that many people. Um, but it's still something that you got to watch out for. And personally, my advice to anyone out there is one, just, I wouldn't play the Dyson games. I think they're a waste of time unless you're really looking for dividends from the, the Dyson platforms. That's if that's your groove, that's fine, but be super careful when you're whitelisting these things, especially if you're going to whitelist an auto transaction, you really need to make sure that it's taking the amount that you'll, you intend for it to take. Um, cause auto betting is, it's the wild west out there. Yeah. You got to watch it pretty closely. That's for sure. I think the dice games are kind of fun. I don't play a lot of them, but you know, I think all these games are, are kind of fun and a great way to show off what's possible on the blockchain. I mean, today it's games. Tomorrow, who knows what kind of applications, you know, are going to be written on top of the blockchain. So I think it's really cool showing what you can do. And, you know, they're fun. But I always wondered about these dice games and these gambling games because you really can't. It's like walking into a casino. Like, you know, what is the house edge truly? And even if you could look at the contract, like trying to understand all that, it's not, not easy. So... You know, you're definitely walking into a casino where you don't really understand what's going on when you, when you play those games. And in this case, unfortunately, you know, this guy did something that was unethical. Um, but hopefully in the future, as this, as this space matures, it'll be easier to find out when something like that is going on. I mean, I know with the Internet, you know, when that got started and they started implementing security certificates and all that kind of stuff, like the architecture improved to help reduce these kind of scams. And I expect the same thing will happen in crypto. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's really not anyone's fault in particular. Like you can't say, oh, Token Pocket needs to monitor this. I mean, they, I think they did a great job of taking it off and you can't expect the foundation to monitor every single dApp that's out there. And they're really between a hard place because this is still such a new uh, protocol that people are building the dApps on top of. So it's interesting where it's like, you want to promote a new game. You want to get the volume. You want to, you know, you want to get some excitement. Yeah. But at the same time, when something like this happens, it's like, all right, we need to take a step back and make sure that these are. And it know, brings up an interesting question too around decentralization, right? Like if you, if somebody tries to put an app up on the Apple platform that's doing something unethical, Apple can just take it down, right? Right. But decentralized, you can put up these apps and until the word gets out, right? I mean, some some people are going to lose some money. Now the word gets out pretty quickly. And that that stops it because people don't no longer trust that name, no longer trust that brand. But you know, I think it's just like some aspect of the whole decentralized system that you got to think about. Right, and it happens with every single platform. It's not just like a an IOST thing. It's not like oh my god, IOST. You know, it's funny you see of protocols in the past. It's like one DAP or one node will have some issue, and all of a sudden the headlines will read like, you know. All of a sudden, Bitcoin gets hacked, yeah, or a huge Bitcoin news. exchange gets hacked, and like people that don't know about it, it's like, no, Bitcoin didn't get hacked. It's just one minor aspect. So it happens all the time. Growing pains. Yeah, growing it's, pains. it's growing pains. And you know, our advice is just be super careful if you're whitelisting transactions. It's not, uh, it's it's not uh, always what you think it is out there. So um, IOST dice lay off of it. Uh, anyway, into some more happy news for the insiders. Sorry to. Start off with some doom and gloom there. IOST and Blue Hill partnership. Um, a lot of big funding news coming out, which is really cool. Uh, showing that, you know, IOST is doing kind of the groundwork here to get the the whole ecosystem and kind of the infrastructure in place for us to see some real money kind of flood into these dApps. And hopefully eventually we see some dApps with more utility than just rolling the dice. Um, 
So Blue Hill Foundation, we saw them established in late 2018. Uh, they basically just announced this pioneer exclusive fund for dApps. It's focused on supporting outstanding dApp teams and incubating the best dApps in the market. So these are for um, dApps that have already launched on the mainnet. Uh, there is a program application out there. So if you're looking into any kind of funding and you have a dApp out there or you're just you know this close to actually launching on mainnet, I'll put the link in the description of the video. Take a look at that. It's a great avenue for people to find some funding. Uh, and then the other big news that was the funding uh, and kind of a partnership with sort of a, a big Singapore entity here, Josh, this was IOST Enterprise Singapore Partnership and Hashed Venture Labs. Yeah, and so here's uh, another group that wants to promote blockchain within their region, and in this case, it's the Singapore region. I think Singapore has it going on. I mean, I subscribe to some YouTube channels, and I guess they just put a new airport into Singapore, and right in the middle of it, it's got this fountain that comes down. It's just amazing the way that it looks with the water coming out of it. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's one of the just, richest countries in the world. Yeah, so much going on in blockchain and in crypto. You can tell they're really trying to foster the ecosystem like they're very forward thinking they see the future and they want to attract companies to this so just another example of singapore trying to make things happen in the blockchain space in this case enterprise singapore um partnership in uh, alongside hashed venture hashed venture labs um you know doing big things in singapore together so that's cool to see yeah, and uh, interesting fact, fun fact about Singapore, it's actually illegal to chew gum there. Did you know that? Yeah, I was watching in this in this show, and like the smokers were all had to stand inside like this yellow rectangle or something like that. Like <laughs> it's pretty strict around there. Yeah, right? they keep it pretty uh, prim and proper over there. But um, there, so in the announcement uh, talking about the Singapore Enterprise Singapore Partnership and the Hashed Venture Labs, I do believe there was one fund called uh, hashtag nexus which was specifically aimed at those who wanted to start their enterprise in singapore um, there's a certain amount of funding available for you to actually go to singapore and and start your blockchain venture there uh, i did some quick research on this um, i just wanted to give you some quick facts on this it said applicants must hold or propose to hold at least 30 percent equity in the underlying company the company must have at least 51 percent of local shareholding and not be incorporated for more than six months. So if you've been around longer than six months, uh, it's going to disqualify you from the enterprise Singapore. It's got to be pretty much a new company, uh, which is interesting to see. You know, it means that they're really taking a risk on sort they of like really the, want the new companies, the brand new, yeah. the brand new companies. Um, and it says the applicants must not have registered or incorporated any business entities. So it's really just like they want you incorporating there. Yeah, they want you incorporating there, uh, which makes sense. So we'll have to see. We'll have to keep our eye on that. Um, perhaps maybe Hashed Venture Labs. I've reached out to them. Perhaps maybe they'll be someone that we bring onto the program to, you know, promote this to people in the space who are doing development. That'd be awesome. Uh, moving along to our next article of news here that we missed out on over the last week. There's been so much going on, and we traveling traveling in New York uh, just couldn't get a get a podcast <laughs> in. Um, so Chainlink did a partnership with IOST, uh, and this is another one that kind of flew under the radar. So for people who aren't aware of kind of what Chainlink does, they're really like the standard for oracles on a couple different protocols, um, and they basically are going to allow you to find off-chain resources like data through APIs or through other sources where, um, you know, it, it's, it basically is proof that this data is legitimate when it comes into the blockchain. So if you wanted to, uh, you know, check sports scores or check 
I don't know, the weather, if you're doing some kind of like, we're going to bet on if it rains in mm-hmm. Seattle tomorrow or something crazy like that. Um, and Chainlink's a pretty well-established name. So it's good to see, again, this is sort of an infrastructure move. It's good to see the IOST partner with a company like Chainlink for this kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is uh, they're listing on top of DAPRadar.com. Right, which right. Is super cool. I mean, we've been using DAPRadar for a long time to see the new DAPs that are out there. And you're used to seeing just the three major ones. And now IOST is firmly in that fourth spot, um, not just, you know, on a lot of different metrics. I was reading today that the block height for IOST after 80 days from mainnet is higher than all the other major um, blockchains, EOS, ETH, and Tron, that uh, the IOST blockchain height is higher after 80 days from mainnet. So that's pretty impressive. And now they have a listing on the top of dapradar.com. So go out there and check it out. You can see the different apps that are running on IOST and some pretty serious volume on some of those apps, some of those gaming apps. Uh, yeah, this uh, this does look pretty good looking at um, some of the volume over 24 hours. We have IOST Play. They're like the new kid on the block. I know they we actually helped IOST Play establish their node setup. Um, they Somehow I got in touch with them. I, I don't really remember how, but they... Uh, they basically, when they first came onto the scene, had they were using an endpoint, and I can't remember exactly who it was. It was either IOST Toronto or, or Callister or somebody, um, and they took down the endpoint because they had too much volume. And so um, we got in touch with them, and we helped them actually establish their own node, spin up their own node. Um, so if you're out there and you're interested in spinning up your own node, you want to be like the next inside IOST, obviously you don't have, you know, as pretty a mug as, as Josh does over there and not as smooth of a voice to listen to as me, but, uh, you know, we're willing to help you as well. That's one of the things we really want to do is support new nodes in this ecosystem. Um, and that's something we'll be able to point you in the right direction on how to get all that stuff set up, whether you're, you know, a small boutique node or you want to scale up and, and do large volume like IOST Play is doing, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us, our Telegram and our Twitter. Tw- Telegram's really the best place to go for us. Yeah, probably the best place, but we can definitely help get you started. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for all the main headlines this week. Um, you know, Pete, our uh, our in-house pianist, he's not here. Can't, we miss uh, you, Pete. Yeah, so uh, we'll have to have Pete back next week. I know everybody, our, our viewership goes down when he's not on. It's like they need to see him. They need to see him. Um, another thing to look forward to, we're going to do some more tutorials. I know I talked about this in the beginning of the show, but, um, we're going to have, uh, some information coming out about inflation. I know a lot of people are confused about that. I'm still confused about that. So we need Mm -hmm. to do some research on that. Uh, Metanix, great node, great, uh, you know, huge sort of tech source of, of all things tech, of all things, even token economics. Um, and they've been a huge, uh, a huge help to us. So we're going to work with them to, to put together a tutorial, hopefully. Um, and then that's that's about it. Oh, well, speaking of Metanix, actually, they did reach 500K IOST um, for their for their tokens. So it's impressive. Yeah. So big shout out to Metanix out there. If you don't have Metanix tokens, uh, you know, get in touch with them and, and get over there because that's uh, right now that's one of the, the biggest IRC20 tokens, which is like the the protocol for the alt, the IOST altcoins. Yeah, they're uh, the beginning of a new wave in IRC20 tokens. Right, right. Um, yeah, oh, and you know what? One more thing. We might as well throw this in there. Everybody talked about this last week. This got kind of 
pumped a little bit out of proportion, like it does when you mention huge company names. But there was an AWS partnership. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah. So, um, do you want to you want to talk about it a little bit? Um, I mean, I know that they have partnered with AWS to get you know blockchains up and running on their platform. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, maybe you have more detail. Yeah, this is basically just another kind of node info. Again, you can come to us if you're you know interested in it. But uh, pretty much AWS has created sort of a, a quick on-ramp for people who want the the bare minimum to spin up a node and um, they've got all the specs lined up for you so if you're interested uh, you know that, that's cool it, most people you see when they say we partner with AWS or like they'll say we partnered with Google and it's like oh you mean like you're, you're using, using G Suite or something <laughs> yeah so um, this was a, this was a little bit more legit but nothing to go wild about um, and uh, that's, I guess that's about it. This is Inside IOST episode 13. Josh, you got anything else for him? That's it for today. Don't forget to vote for us. Leave a like, subscribe to the channel. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions on what we should put on our brand new sign back here for a specific episode, uh, leave them in the comments below, and we'll whoever gets the most upvotes will put your sign on the, <laughs> on the next episode. But uh, for Peter K, wherever he may be, for Josh Bryant, I am Evan Schindler. We are the first and the best podcast for all information, IOST, news happenings, everything going on in the ecosystem. This is Inside IOST, and we will see you next week.